You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad. And uh, the Irish Civic Forum uh, was held earlier on in the year in May in Dublin, and many people from abroad came uh, to share ideas on how the Irish diaspora can connect better. And when it comes to connecting, there's all sorts of ways of doing it. And one of the ways people do it is actually by travel. And when they travel, um, different types of experiences, some people like walking holidays, others like farm holidays, etc., etc. Well, it's a novel concept being developed by Peter Mangan. And uh, Peter <coughs> is putting together the Freebird Club, or he has got it underway, the Freebird Club. And the Freebird Club is for people with, um, dare I say it, grey hair. Um, but it's for, or people who are a little bit more mature, who may have different travel requirements than uh, those young ones who are fancy free and are happy to line up outside a hostel. And I have Peter on the line with me to tell me more and where the idea came from. How are you doing, Peter? Hi, Austin. Great to be with you. So did I kind of give it a bit of a, a reasonable description? No, you did actually. You gave it a very nice intro, very uh, down home kind of description of what it's what it's what we're who we're trying to reach and and the way we're trying to reach them. Uh, it is about connecting uh, older adults, mature adults, in a way that uh, that is building on the kind of the social interaction uh, rather than just purely travel. That's why we've called it a club. We're trying to really bring out the social aspect of it. Well, where did the free bird come from then? Well, free bird. Well, I suppose in a nutshell, we call it a social travel and homestay club where people go and stay in each other's homes. That's the first concept. And I originally actually had called it Silver Sharers, which was a riff on the whole, uh, you know, the silver surfer and the sharing economy, because this notion of peer to peer is the sharing economy. And uh, I was I was in focus groups pitching this idea to some older adults, seeing what they thought of it and how we might actually uh, achieve what we're trying to do. And they didn't like that name at all. So they kind of said, look, you're making us feel old. Go away, young man. And come up with something a bit more inspiring, something that makes us feel young and dynamic and brings out the fun side of, of getting that bit older. So I took it away and I thought, well, you know, the notion of Freebird, it is a song by Leonard Skinner, and that is a little bit of a, a reference for me. I like my rock and roll. Um, but the notion of Freebird, you know, at this stage in your life, you, you're like, if you had kids, you're likely to have reared them and they're probably gone. If you had a career, you might be winding down or you might be retired, so you might be free of that responsibility. If you had a mortgage, there's a good chance you're free of that too. So you could actually be as free as a bird if you're eat and, uh, and have an open mind. You know what? Uh, the world is your oyster. And we're trying to capitalize on that. And of course, free bird has the notion of movement, flight, In- indeed. and bringing it back to travel. Yeah. Okay, so now that's where the name came from. Where did yeah. the, con- the concept come from? Well, the concept um, goes back to my own father, and uh, so I'm from Kerry, uh, Clordland County Kerry, and uh, I built a house there about five years ago uh, in a bit of land that my dad gave me, and uh, like I, I was working at the time in Dublin, uh, living and working in Dublin, and I built the house, and the plan is to end up living there ultimately, and back, uh, but with the recession and all that, uh, it became clear that I needed to rent it out in the short term when I wasn't there, which was most of the time. So I discovered Airbnb and a few other sites through the need to rent it out and uh, the reality of it of course was being up in Dublin my dad was the one who was doing most of the meeting and greeting on my behalf and uh, my dad now is in his early early 70s and he's, he's he was a vet and is mostly retired although he tips away a little bit still and he's a widower and he lives alone and he was I suppose transitioning into his 70s and what it looked like to be to be an older man and uh, this was a very nice outlet for him he enjoyed meeting new people and telling and all that stuff 
Um, but when a few older guests came, came to stay, the dynamic was much more, um, much more engaging insofar as they, they, they bonded in a way that he'd bring them to the local pub. There's a great trad session on a Thursday night uh, down the road and he'd bring them to that and bring them to see some of the, of the nice sights nearby. And, you know, they might have dinner together. There was a game of golf or two if people were golfers. And this was the, 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 the I suppose the, uh, common thread here was that it was older adults that he was engaging with in this way. And uh, I thought, you know what, there's something here that's really positive for older people because it was really great for him. He was having these great experiences. And the feedback from the guests was that it was the highlight of their holiday, this kind of local connection and uh, the social uh, crack they were having, basically. And uh, I just thought, you know what, there's something here that's way beyond Airbnb. This is about older, older people older people bonding at a time in their lives when... Um, maybe in some cases they don't have as many outlets as they used to have. And so it just got me thinking that, you know, if it, society is aging, populations are aging dramatically. We know that within that issues like loneliness and isolation are, are, are common. And also a lot of people are stuck on, on fixed income pensions at a time when, um, you know, they may have an empty house. And so this is a way to capitalize on that, make a bit of money, make new friends and, and open up the world in a way that uh, you can travel and stay with fellow like-minded people. So what was your first step? Where, where did you um, trial it outside of your own house in Kilorglan? Yeah, so uh, the first thing I did, really, I, I, wrote, it all, I, I wrote it all down. It was, it was, it was getting into my, into my head, and I was convinced there was something in it. And uh, so I came across a competition, a uh, startup competition, for uh, startup ideas around aging, the challenges and opportunities of an aging population. So I wrote it all down. Next thing I was in London pitching. Next thing, next thing I moved to London for three months for an accelerator, uh, a mentored program to develop the, the business plan and all of that. And I was doing focus group sessions with older adults there, etc. And so um, the first pilot, I came back from that with a very comprehensive business plan and uh, I got together with somebody who could build a website. And then we actually did a pilot bringing some people from London through the London Irish Centre there in Camden, uh, which is a place where older adults gather, uh, or the, the, some of the, our diaspora um, for Irish culture and, and, and Irish, um, just the Irish scene there, and another charity in, in the UK, uh, which is called Open Age. Through that, we brought some people to stay with hosts in around the Kilorgland area in, um, in Kerry. We brought about uh, eight people over through that, and that piloted both the website and also piloted the whole host guest experience of what it might look like and uh, that was very successful and after the pilot then we said you know what let's go for it let's let's, let's build out the website Let, let's aim to go live uh, and uh, and take this business out out, out to the world so peter then uh, i know you've rolled out the website and i know you're in the throes of um revamping the website and we'll have that ready very very soon um but after rollout then how did you get to market and where were you getting response from and how far globally have you successfully managed to get some interest? Yeah, so we, after the pilot, we, we built, a, built a fully-fledged website and uh, we went live about seven, eight months ago now. We, we were blessed with some great press, to be honest with you. We won a major award in Europe, the European Commission Social Innovation Competition, and we got 50K from that, 50,000, and uh, we got a lot of press from that. So... We were able to piggyback on that as kind of the kind of advertising and PR that enabled us to get some early, early interest and early, early club members or customers. And uh, 
So uh, basically, since then, we've got membership in 36 countries. We've, we've about 1,300 people on it now. Uh, it's growing literally daily. Um, at the moment, uh, the original plan was to focus on Ireland and the UK and, and try and get people using it in, you know, in those countries first, and then we'll see what we can do after that. But the US has actually turned out to be the most interested country, I suppose. At the moment, every second person joining the club is from the US, uh, which is very encouraging, but it's, it's challenging as well because all of a sudden we have to, we have to look across the water and, and see how we're going to, how we're going to market and, and, uh, and service that, that, uh, that, cop, that, that community, if you like. So it's, uh, it's a challenge, but we're delighted to see that there are people from across the world that have found us through articles and through social media, et cetera, and just hearing about us and, and joining the club. Um, so that I think the early signs are good because it does, it, this is a global concept. Um, that uses throw, that, that word is thrown around a lot when you're talking about business, but the, the key to this is that there are places to go around the world uh, for our members, and so we've no choice but to try and be global from the from the outset. So, Peter, when you said that every second one coming on board at the moment is from the US, approximately, yeah. are you seeing that they are getting into international travel, or is it within the US um, predominantly? And likewise, then for your other members, would you see that it's that they're trying to fly? the coop and into uh, other experiences so to come from North America head over to Europe um, or from mainland Europe into Ireland Ireland into mainland Europe or into uh, Spain Portugal places like that yeah it's mainly international travel um, in the US now it's probably like we, we're it's early it's early stage for us we haven't had that many trips overall um, but we've seen I suppose in the US of our members who've taken trips, about half of them have been within the US and the others have really been to Ireland and the UK, in fact. Um, within Europe, we are seeing, uh, so any of our Irish members who've taken trips, it's been to mainland Europe, actually. And uh, there's been, I suppose, trips within countries then in Europe as well, sorry, uh, international trips between countries in Europe. It, it, people are seeing it as an opportunity mainly, I think, for international travel. Even though I thought because maybe the demographic we were going after, they might stay a bit closer to home, but not at all. They're, they really are seeing it as a way to see the world, which is very, very exciting, very encouraging. Well, Peter, then um, when somebody becomes a member, is the assumption that they are joining to travel, but also to be hosts? Or can somebody just say, well, I'm joining this because my interest is traveling uh, and somebody else says, I'm joining this because my interest is hosting? Uh, the ideal Freebird member is both because uh, obviously we need hosts, places to go, people to stay with. But if you're all hosts and you've nobody traveling, you're going to get very disgruntled hosts. Yes. So um, in my head, at the moment, we have actually probably got about uh, oh, 10 to 1 members who are not hosts, who are, who are there for travellers, potential travellers. It's about 10 to 1, and it probably needs to be at least that, so that there's enough circulation of people staying with our hosts. Um, so to answer your question, I'd say we expect the average person to join to be a traveller, a potential guest. We're going to try and convince them along the way to open their own doors and welcome people as, as hosts. But the assumption probably on, that the average person is joining to be a, a traveller. Right, right. And with the, as uh, I mentioned earlier on, I think you're in the throes of 
rolling out a new website shortly. Yeah, so we, at the moment we have um, version one of the website. We, we are a, a startup um, with, with limited resources at this point. So our version one website, fully functional, it's all singing, all dancing. But we are we wanted to kind of dress it up and, and kind of freshen it up. And so we're working on that at the moment. We expect to have a new look website uh, live and, and online in, a, in the next two weeks. And so, I'm quite excited about that. So, Peter, my um, experience, well, let's walk me through. If I join and I intend to be a traveler, so yeah. I, I register, I join up and I pay a fee. So, yeah, there's a once-off fee of uh, 25 euro, um, and that's uh, that actually came from again the notion of it being a club and focus group sessions I had with older adults um, at the start of this, where they kind of didn't particularly like the idea of it being free and anyone can just come on the site and use it. Now, obviously, we have a vetting process in terms of checking people's IDs and and even obviously their age. It's a club for over 50s, but the notion of you know if if you actually have a very nominal fee then uh, you're likely to only attract people through the gates who are, who are genuine and who, who really want, who really buy into the concept of this being a club for older adults and want to use it in that way. And so with a once-off fee, uh, there's, a, there's various sales on, so sometimes you can get in for as cheap as €5, Euro, but it's, it's a standard €25 Euro and it's once-off. Um, and once you've, once you've come through and set up your profile and paid the, the joining fee, after that you're free to... to travel and stay with any member of the club anywhere and if you want to become a host it's free to go on and list your your own accommodation uh, as a host at that point as well okay, and then so if you if you do want to travel sorry austin it, yeah. from then on then it's a case of uh if you're looking to stay with somebody every host sets a rate per night that they are happy to charge and th- this bit is a bit like airbnb really you know if you're booking three nights with somebody then it's it's whatever the fee is um to them as hosts, and we take a small commission on that as well, and that's that's our business model. That's how our, our financial sustainability model. Okay, so now I come through. I've joined. I've paid my twenty five euros, and I arrive in at a screen that is going to ask me where I want to travel. So I select whichever country is in the round. Yeah. And assuming that let's talk in terms of Ireland, so I decide I want to go to Galway for the races. You should um, come down to Kerry now. You know that. <laughs> Well, we'll head to carry for the rose. Okay. But, uh, and maybe Puck Fair. Puck Fair is coming up, yeah. I'll be there. So anyway, we're, so we're heading to carry for Puck Fair. Um, so I put in Kerry. And next thing I guess it's asking me, uh, or it, 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 at that point, is it going to present me with a list of properties that are available within a reasonable distance? Exactly, yeah. Right. So you, within, you, you select Ireland first, then you can pick your, your, your town or county and uh, you'll see the selection of hosts that are there. And then what's, what's a bit unique about this in comparison to, say, to uh, Airbnb, apart from the fact that it's a club and it's, uh, it's only for the over 50s, um, is every member has a, has a profile which describes, to say a bit about themselves, to say what their interests are and their favourite things. Uh, even their philosophy of life in one sentence where people can express themselves. Um, so you see that about every every host. So you can see not just their the accommodation that they're making available, but also a little bit about themselves because we want people to kind of bond here around common interests, etc. It's not just, you know, here's the keys and, and your grand and what do you want for breakfast? We want people to actually have some sort of a social connection. Um, and so people have descriptions about themselves 
which uh, they can see about each other. So the host has that, and, and any member who's a guest will have that as well. So they can they have something to talk about. Let's put it that way. Right, right. And so now I select um, as you do. It's where I'd like to go. Um, does the landlady, landlord, um, have the option to say, mm, I don't like the look of this individual, or I just have a discomfort? Oh, absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hopefully they wouldn't be as blunt about that, but they totally no, have the rights to, to decline, yeah. Okay. A- and uh, we've, we've switched it a little bit because, again, of the demographic that, we're, uh, that we are um, trying to reach here, we've switched the the power to some extent. So normally in Airbnb and these other sites, you just you pick your dates and you click book. Now, it yeah. still has to be accepted by the, the person at the other end, the host, uh, to accept the booking. But what we've done is the, the, to, for a booking to ensue, a person needs to send a message saying, we'd like to stay in these dates. But the, the formal activation of a booking is actually an invitation. So the host has to send you an invitation for those dates. So up to that point, you're just sending a nice message saying, I'm interested, I'd like to, I'd like to look at your property or I think I find your profile interesting, I'd be interested in staying. But it's up to the host to actually send a formal invitation that then has to be accepted by the guest. So it's a little bit, there's a bit more, little bit more of the of control of the proceedings on the part of the host here. Okay, okay, interesting. interesting. So um, I say you're at about 1,300 members. 1,300 members and growing, literally growing daily. Now, I, I'm not going to boast about, you know, it's growing exponentially, but it is, we're, it's growing daily. Uh, very happy progress to date. We actually only formally launched the business in April. We had the lights on on the website before that, and we were trying to get some early members, early hosts up there, so that we wouldn't be opening opening the shop doors with you know, with nothing on the shelves, so to speak. Um, but we're, yeah, we're very happy with it. Um Growth is 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 going on in the right directions, um, and particularly the U.S. and I suppose Canada, U.S. Canada as well. You know, Canada isn't quite at the level of the U.S. in terms of our membership, but it, again, we have a nice chunk of members from Canada. Right. So, are you finding that it's bringing landlord landladies to the table who would otherwise not have considered doing something like this? Exactly, and this is why I I think we. We've designed it as a club, really, uh, rather than, you know, just another website where you can book accommodation. Um, there are people here who wouldn't who, who wouldn't have thought about having any sort of a and b type uh, arrangement with their homes. Uh, they, they, they wouldn't maybe feel that Airbnb is for them. It might be a little bit too, I suppose, uh, commercial. Uh, what we're trying to do is create a social club where members of the club can go and stay with each other, knowing that they're, you know, this is a club of like-minded people, and it's about, it's as much about people meeting each other and and having some sort of level of engagement, than it is about just, you know, a trip or or accommodation. Um, so yes, well, it's, it's bringing new people into the into the sharing economy, into this notion of of peer-to-peer travel and staying in in homes. So then, Peter, how do you rate? Um, accommodation because like with Portfolio you would have on the B&Bs that have a star rating and likewise be it the A has star rating for hotels etc etc um, is there a rating system that you're applying to the accommodation there is uh, but it's an organic one and this is, this is the sharing economy model I suppose that really has been championed by the likes of Airbnb um, it's it's peer to peer, so it's not regulated in the same way that you know the the, the older um, the the older industries have been regulated. The reviews are left by guests, 
So uh, to the extent that if somebody goes and stays with a host, then they review the host and they, they leave a, a testimonial and they give a star rating. And uh, and likewise, again, it's a peer-to-peer model. The host actually reviews what it was like to have that guest to stay. So people build up these um, these these online uh, ratings, uh, similar to TripAdvisor. Trip you know, it's not just Airbnb and the sharing economy, but it's a TripAdvisor kind of thing. And over time, you can start to see the, the those that are ranked as, as five-star places to stay versus four-star or whatever. And when it comes to things like that, of course... Uh Ireland did hit the went viral with the the du hotel in Doolan, where That's uh, right, yeah. <laughs> the manager there chose very wittingly to respond to a comment. That's right, yeah. Some of that only Ireland, as I say. No, only, only Ireland, only in Ireland. Which well, is Peter, often, which is often the best form of of defence against these things. You know, you got to laugh, really. But, indeed. Uh, Indeed. One thing I wanted so, to say to you, Austin, actually, as well, because I, I'm conscious it's a it's a diaspora audience, um, the, the Irish in Canada, and one of the things we really would love to do with it, it it's a vehicle that I would see would that would be ideal for maybe some of our diaspora who are abroad, and, and this is one of the things we did with the with the London Irish crew. Some of them have an idea of a village or a town that they call home in Ireland, and they often have no one to stay with there. And what we're trying to do is encourage those people to, you know, what there are people of a similar vintage to you who are very happy to open their doors and, 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 and have you to stay. And uh, we're trying to create a little bit of a diaspora movement around it as well so that people can take those trips back home, even if they don't, if they don't have the cousins there that they, that, that they once did. Um, and it's, it's a great way maybe to, to come back and see, see Ireland and the places that they, that they have in their memory. Um, so that's something we're particularly keen to kind of promote. Something of a gathering effect, if you like. It would be great to get that going. Indeed. Well, Peter, thanks a million for taking the time. The website is thefreebirdclub.com and uh, take the time to investigate. Uh, somebody can go on and do a little bit of investigation without joining up? They can indeed. Uh, you can actually have a look at the hosts that are available, the places to stay. The only thing that you can't do is send a message and therefore make a booking. You have to join the club to do that. But you can have a good look at what's available and places for people that are on it as well. Yeah. Indeed. Well, Peter Mangan, thanks a million for taking the time. Thanks very much. And I wish you every success. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot.